Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Let's start with the restrictions that were announced yesterday mm-hmm. in Northern Health by Dr. Bonnie Henry. Can you break this down? Yeah, so basically, first of all, you have to separate Northern Health into two separate areas. As I, we talked about yesterday, Kitimat, Terrace, uh, Prince Rupert, Haida Gwaii, Stikine, all exempted from this because they've got high vaccination rates and low COVID-19 So cases. they're in the Northern Health Authority, they're the Northern but Health they're not Authority. covered by they're this. They're not covered by yeah. this, but the rest of Northern Health is. So that's right. closing all bars and nightclubs that don't have full meal service, closing off alcohol sales at 10 o'clock, no in-person worship services. Everything has to be right. done virtually. A crackdown on any house parties, particularly of unvaccinated people. Uh, so this takes effect as of midnight last night. It's in effect for at least 28 days, we'll see two incubation periods, and we'll see if this proves to be a circuit breaker. Right. And so this is effective. I guess we're basically talking northeast BC. Would that be well, fair Prince, to say? Or? Prince George as well. And, oh, Prince George and, is included and, in this? And Vanderhoof, yeah. which yeah. is west of Prince George. Uh, but anything east of uh, Smithers, basically, is uh, or east of Terrace, is covered by this, right to the Alberta border. The Peace River area, as we've talked about many times, very low vaccination rates. In fact, in a, sort of an aggressive anti-vaccine attitude among some people there. You've had Mike Bernier, the MLA, on several times talking about the harassment he's been under, the people protesting at his house on Thanksgiving, getting death threats. So these are not vaccine hesitancy people. These are aggressive anti-vaxxers. And that's the that's going to be a tough nut to crack, I think, in, in the Peace River area. And then you throw in the fact that you've got a strong religious community in that area as well, now no longer allowed to gather in numbers. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, that's a difficult situation. Here's Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday uh, speaking about the uh, the Delta variant and younger people, especially in the North, getting sick. Have a listen. We are seeing it cause more severe illness in younger people. So if you are somebody who is young and healthy and thinks, I'm just going to get through this, no problem, that's not the case now. We're seeing this across the province, but particularly in communities in the north where unvaccinated people in their teens, but primarily in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, are ending up in critical care, ending up in hospital. And today, tragically, we had a young person in their 20s die from COVID in the north. Okay, so Bonnie Henry, they were speaking yesterday. Yeah, so uh, again, the Delta variant is proving more infectious and more damaging to younger people than before. So I crunched the numbers yesterday from September 4th through yesterday. 12 people under the age of 40 have died of COVID-19, all of them unvaccinated. Yesterday was a person in their 20s in the north. Also a person in their 30s died yesterday. I think three people in their 30s died last week. This, again, is not necessarily an 80-year-old person virus uh, in terms of severe illness. It's hitting young people, too. Okay, when you talk about this part of the province, though, I mean, this is a region of British Columbia that kind of marches to the beat of their mm-hmm. own drums up there, you know? I mean, are, are there, people an- going to follow these rules? Anti-government. Uh, well, I'm, I'm told also there's going to be extra enforcement sent up there. Mm. There's going to be more officers on the ground in Fort St. John and Dawson Creek to ensure that these, these bars and nightclubs do not open. 
and that there are severe financial penalties uh, if they do. What about for people who are opposed to these restrictions or think it's government overreach or it's going too far? Often they'll point to say the rising number of fully vaccinated people who are catching mm-hmm. COVID. Like, what is Bonnie Henry's response to that? When that's pointed out that, you know, there's a lot of people who are fully vaccinated and they're still getting sick too. So they're catching COVID. So so what? This is a public health measure. It's You follow public health orders. Because is there really a difference... If there's 10% breakthrough cases or 20%, it doesn't really matter. It's uh, it's designed to t- stamp this virus out. And for people to somehow come up with this argument, oh, well, because there's breakthrough cases, I don't have to follow the rules. Well, the, the other thing to remember is that, that there is expected to be more breakthrough cases That's right. as the vaccination rate goes up. As the vaccination rate goes so, up. So it's, it's something we're going to have to live with for some time. But the, the reality is, again, is CDC puts out stats all the time. They do some estimates. They take into account age differences and such. You're, you know, you're ten times more likely to be a, a COVID case if you're not vaccinated. You're more than fifty times more likely to be hospitalized if you're not vaccinated. You're more than uh, forty times to be to die. Forty-four times to die. More likely to die if you get yeah. if you're not vaccinated. So yeah. this argument that breakthrough cases somehow means I can open my business is absolute nonsense. It's difficult for some of the political leaders up in this region that, as you mentioned, some of them are getting harassed and the protests outside their home and stuff. Here's Dale Bumstead, who is the mayor of Dawson Creek, talking about his concerns for his community. Have a listen here. The word is worrisome to me in terms of how do we how do we find a way in in our communities to raise that. Um, vaccination uh, level of people that are dug in. People are dug in. Mm-hmm. That's the mayor of Dawson Creek there. And when some dug of these in. local politicians, they speak out, they get a big backlash locally. They do. Uh, Mike Bernier, Dan Davies, um, uh, Mayor Bunstead, all of them have spoken out in favor of vaccinations. They're all getting harassed. They're getting some pushback from, and as he mentions, dug in. This is this is not a debate up there anymore. It seems to be there's this entrenched view I'm never going to get vaccinated. And at some point, you have to wonder if public health is just going to say, that's that's it, we're done with you, and close everything down. Okay, let me ask you about the fight over the Massey Tunnel, because we started the show today talking about this, and that the government this week put out about a hundred, over 100 pages of documents related to the renew Massey Tunnel that the NDP want to build to some replace of, some the existing one. Some of them not blank. <laughs> a lot. They must have used a few gallons of whiteout on this thing because they blanked a lot of yeah. stuff out there. And a lot of it, I think, is is crucial information, like the breakdown of the costs, individual costs of this project, how that's going to be a value for a, a value for money audit on the project that was censored. Now. Uh, Rob Fleming, the transportation minister, was on with Simi Sarah this morning. He said, look, we're not trying to hide stuff. This is just normal procedure for any kind of big commercial mega project like this. Tendering process. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to put out some of these nitty-gritty numbers. The the liberals, though, of course, saying, well, you should release this. Well, the I public think, deserves to know the co- the true cost of this thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think we are going to get those numbers eventually. But I, their argument is, look, we're in a, in a tendering process. We're not going to show our hand and all this sort of stuff. So I assume we're going to get all that information at some point because... Sure, taxpayers have absolutely, absolutely every right to I, know how these dollars are being spent. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But I guess, you know, I find the political fight over this one to be really interesting because the Liberals, of course, had approved that 10-lane super bridge there mm-hmm. to go over the river. And they start, actually started some of the preliminary work to build the thing. Uh, the NDP canceled it and sat around for four years 
before they did anything else. So the bridge was incredibly unpopular in Richmond. Guess who won all the Richmond seats? Mostly uh, the NDP. The NDP. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think the bridge is uh, well it's dead in the water, so to speak. We're now going to the tunnel. The tunnel, no matter w- whether you go bridge or tunnel, it was going to be unpopular in some con- some communities. I mean, there's no yeah. winner here. There's no. Personally, I still have a problem going through a tunnel in a major earthquake zone. Well, yeah. I'd rather be on a bridge. Yeah, I, I mean, I I prefer the bridge idea myself, too. Now, here is Todd Stone, who is the former transportation minister in the previous Liberal government. This is the guy who approved the bridge before the NDP canceled it. And here he is making the case for the bridge. He's saying, look, this thing would be almost built by now. Have a listen. You know more than, uh, I'd say, eight months away uh, from opening up that bridge. And, and again, uh, it, it included... Uh, $500 million of transit improvements, uh, you know, upgrades, uh, all, all along, uh, along the uh, Highway 99, uh, you know, three interchange, new, brand new interchanges, five, uh, upgraded, uh, uh overpasses. Uh, the, you know, this, this was a, a substantial corridor improvement, uh, for 2.6 billion. Uh, taxpayers are now going to be on the hook on the, as per this NDP plan, uh, for 4.3 billion, uh, so $1.7 billion more, uh, for a heck of a lot less. Okay. I sometimes wonder if the NDP said they wanted a a, a bridge, the Liberals would say a tunnel's better, <laughs> or if the you know, or vice versa. This all started. They, this all started with Christy Clark's announcement out of the blue, out of University uh, University Municipalities Conference before the 2013 election, with no warning. We're going to build a new bridge. That's where this whole thing started. So the Liberals spent four years, you know, in terms of uh, dragging your your heels here. Uh, they did spend $100 million, but only late in their term. They went a, a long time without doing much of anything on this thing. But it was a political, f- guaranteed to be a political football, no matter which route you went, whether no matter which party backed the bridge or backed the tunnel, yeah. it was going to turn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Into a controversy. Okay. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Phone lines open 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Kevin and Langley, hi. Hey, how's it going? So, Good. I'm double-vaxxed, and I have friends that are double-vaxxed. Um, they're not the healthiest. They've gotten COVID and become quite sick. And um, I do know that whenever people are said to be unvaxxed and they're in the hospital sick, that uh, we that's all we get is their age. We never get, like, their overall health. Like, I know people that are healthy, double-vaxxed, have gotten it and they were fine, but I have friends that were double vaxxed, unhealthy, and have actually become quite sick from it. So I'm just curious with the unvaxxed, like, why don't we ever get that kind of information on people's overall? You mean like, you mean like if, if, if people have like what they call the comorbidities, right? 
Like if yeah, people are, like if they're yeah. smokers, if they're obese, all yeah. that kind of stuff. We never really get more than an age now. It's more like I want as much info as I can. We just get an age. They died. They're really sick, and that's it. Like, what's more history on these people? They're actually getting this severe symptom. Yeah, okay, back, back. yeah no. Uh, the availability of data has been a, uh, an issue since day one of this. We're always looking for in- more information. We want to know: Are there underlying health conditions that cause this? And the call is right. We're basically confined to age and gender when it comes to this information, which is a bit frustrating. And it'd be nice if, uh, you know, it's, at some point they collect a bunch of data, do an analysis, and, and drop a little more um, data on this in terms of not just an age and gender breakdown. Like, no one has ever denied that if you are obese or you have sort of comorbidities of other diseases that you're more well, susceptible. Obesity, obesity was flagged right off the start as yeah. one of the worst things to, to have if you want to get a severe outcome of COVID-19. Yeah. That was flagged. At the beginning, that's why we're seeing so much, so many bad outcomes in the United States. The obesity rate in the United States is significantly higher than Canada, significantly higher in BC, and you're seeing a number of obese people in the states pass away with COVID-19. So that was flagged early on, as was other uh, underlying health conditions. Jeff in White Rock. Hi, Jeff. Um, my question is sort of related. The uh, outbreak at the Burnaby uh, Rest Home, where over yeah. 90 people are sick. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I'm curious to know how many of those people uh, that were ill were vaccinated and when they were vaccinated. I guess I'm wondering if the breakout is much higher for older people than it is for the general population. Yes, generally it is. Older people are showing up more in the breakthrough cases than others. They're in hospital uh, in greater numbers than younger people. But we are seeing, as I flagged up at the beginning, we are seeing more younger people show up in ICUs. Uh, and passing away, 12, 12 people under the age of 40 passing away in, in the last month. But generally, older people are uh, the ones with more severe outcomes right now. And keep in mind, many of those, res- many of those residents of long-term care, they were vaccinated their first dose likely back in January, their second dose um, back in you know a couple months after that. They are now getting booster shots in long-term care homes. Um, interesting. Wellington is an interesting one. It's the worst outbreak right now. That's a lot. 90, 90 yeah, cases in one of, care home? Wow. A lot of staff people there, too, who yeah. uh, interesting enough. Uh, have uh, who, are now re- who are now required to be vaccinated, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, you could have a, a, a lot of breakthrough cases, it sounds like, in that one particular care home. But that maybe that's an argument for the booster shots, too. Well, we're going to see bo- yeah. booster shots are going into care homes right now. I mean, that's, yeah. that's already been decided. It's, it's happening as we speak. Kevin and Kamloops, hi. Hi, how you doing? Good. 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 I was an MLA in the uh, BC Liberal government for 17 years, and uh, the first part was opposition. I remember from the helijet seeing the uh, fast ferries uh, getting piloted, and I thought, well, that rooster tail is spectacular. And it wasn't long after that uh, people realized those things wrecked everything along the shoreline. There were tons of reasons that they didn't work. They ended up getting towed away for scrap, and that was hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they are not capable of building a tunnel that the people can trust. They interfere too much in construction. They insist on only unionized labor, no matter. Okay, this is, this is Kevin Kruger, right? Yep. Oh, okay. Hi, Kevin. Okay. Hi, Kevin. okay, okay, Kevin. So you're saying what the NDP are incapable of building a, a tunnel on budget? They're, they're they're no good at mega projects. They not only don't keep them on budget. Hey, a bunch of your stuff, over. a bunch of your projects went over budget too, man. Oh, we learned some stuff, but we never had to uh, convention center to, uh, dismantle like they did, or like we had See to the sell sky. the crap. 
Okay, and, well, uh, okay. Th- th- no, Thank you no, for the call. Okay. No government has clean hands when it comes to coming in on time, on budget, when it comes to mega projects. These are, you know, the margin of error is so much that even a slight slip means $100 million on these, on these huge projects. So the Liberals went over budget on a number of mega projects. The NDP in the 90s built the Island Highway. You could argue that was over budget. Over budget. Uh, they built uh, the Millennium Line. I mean, he's talking. Train. He's talking about the fast ferries, and that was that one was of the a, most notorious that white was elephants. A spectacular of the 90s. screw up. No, yeah. absolutely no question. Um, and there's, oh, I, yeah, from day one, I've learned don't believe government estimates on mega project costs. They're always going to come yeah. in higher. <laughs> yeah, I don't care well, who's I, in power. Like when Todd Stone was telling me this morning, like, oh, we could have built a ten lane bridge for two and a half billion dollars. No. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't right, think so. I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, they always go over budget. Every no mega projects ever come in under budget. Almost none. Jim and Roberts Creek. Hi. Yeah, I dredged on uh, the river there uh, for forty years, eh? and it's been dredged from uh, Portman to Sandheads. It, uh, Do you think they'd have to dredge it more if they want to put another tunnel down there? Yeah, that's the way you, you dredge. You dredge your uh, your uh, uh, ditch, and then you. Float in your caissons and join them together, and then you fill over top. Eh? Okay, okay, thanks for the call. Well, this is why I think is, you know, the environmental impact of that. Could there be a fight over that? we got 20 seconds. Oh, there's always going to be a fight over this. It's going to have to go through environmental. That's one reason why this is going to take a long time. We're sort of starting the process again when it was completed with the bridge. That's why it's going to be a long time before you get relief in that tunnel.